Welcome to Disrupting Japan. Straight talk from Japan's most successful entrepreneurs. I'm Tim Romero, and thanks for joining me. While the coronavirus lockdown continues to disrupt Disrupting Japan's production schedule, whatever stage of the lockdown or reopening you might be in now, I, I hope you're doing well. Today, I'm going to point out something that every Japanese language textbook I have ever seen gets completely wrong. But before that, I want to thank you for the emails and messages you sent in response to last month's episode on how public humiliation has been my secret to success in Japan. It was a hard one to make, but it seems like it really resonated with a lot of listeners. And the feedback was really overwhelming. So, thank you for that. There was also, however, some comments about my difficulty speaking Kago and my description of it as a mind bogglingly complex protocol of honorific and humble forms whose use depends on a nonlinear three dimensional matrix of formality, in group, out group status, and the role you're playing in that particular interaction. And, okay, I admit I was a bit over dramatic there, but. Quite a few people emailed me to tell me that, that Kegel was actually quite logical and quite straightforward as long as you keep in mind a few simple rules. It is something, they asserted, that can be mastered in a few years of serious study. Oh, okay. Yeah. M maybe. But it's interesting to note that all of the emails telling me how easy Kegel is came from non-Japanese. Among the emails I got from my Japanese fans, only two mentioned my Keigo comments at all, and they both sympathized, saying that they also make mistakes sometimes. In fact, one of them even mentioned that she can't understand why anyone thinks Rakugo is funny either. So, hey, maybe it's my sense of humor and not my language ability that's the problem here. To those non-native speakers claiming that Kago is simple and straightforward, well, okay, per perhaps you have a gift for it. Perhaps it's something that really clicked for you. Um, you. You almost certainly have a better command of it than I do. But but maybe you should consider that just perhaps you don't understand it as well as you think you do. In fact, I will go further than that. Every Japanese language textbook I have ever seen completely misrepresents both what Kago is and how it's used. It's almost always defined as a means of showing respect to individuals with higher social status. And, and that's just wrong. It's not about showing respect to individuals, and, and it has nothing to do with social status. Sure, that, that definition might be useful to people with short attention spans or who know little about Japanese society, but fortunately, disrupting Japan listeners have proven themselves as having very long attention spans, and they know a thing or two about Japanese society. 
So let's dig into this. If you're a non-native speaker, by the end of this short episode, I, I promise you'll have a new way of looking at Kago. Okay, we are going to tackle this social status nonsense first. But, but before that, we need to remember that Japanese culture highly values protocol, and that the Japanese language naturally reflects this. Keigo, and polite language in general, is best understood as part of this overall protocol. And just like the rules that govern behavior and speech in military protocols and diplomatic protocols, the rules for Keigo are complex and sometimes kind of arbitrary, but it's important that the protocol be followed for everyone to get along. And despite what your language textbook may have told you, the part of the Kago protocol you follow is absolutely not based on social status. It is determined only by the role you're playing in that particular interaction. Uh, let me give you an example. Let's consider two people of radically different social statuses. Let's say an unemployed construction worker and the president of a major Japanese bank. There's no question who has the higher social status here. The, the gap is extreme. But if the two happened to meet while our friendly construction worker was making a withdrawal from an ATM, the bank president would address him in honorifics because the roles they're playing at that moment are that of vendor and customer. And protocol dictates that the vendor address the customer in honorifics. And our bank president would not in any way feel odd or reluctant to do this. He would do so naturally and enthusiastically. N doing anything else would be considered ill-mannered, boorish, and, and unthinkable for a man of good sense and family. Because his kego has nothing to do with his social status. It's determined solely by the role he's playing in that particular interaction. Now I'm going to take you further away from your textbooks here and tell you that, in most cases, Kago is emphatically not about showing respect for the person you're talking to. And, and once you start seeing Kago as a protocol, this becomes more and more obvious. Oh, you're showing respect for something, but it's not the person you're talking to. The protocols that govern Japanese language and business are complex. But in my experience, there's one group of Westerners who seem to pick them up pretty quickly. Those who used to be military officers. Military protocols and Japanese business protocols are completely different, of course. But maybe spending a few years living inside one set of complex protocols makes it easier to transition to a new set of complex protocols. You know, actually, military protocol is a pretty useful way of thinking about Kago. When an officer salutes a superior, they're not showing respect for that individual. Hell, they might think that particular officer is a complete asshole. It doesn't matter. The salute shows respect for the protocol. It shows respect for the system. It's the same way in Japanese. When you use honorifics, 
you are usually not showing respect for the individual you are addressing. You're showing respect for the protocol, for the system. You're showing respect for the whole idea of polite, ordered Japanese society. But of course, it's not that simple. Not using the protocol has meaning too. There are many people I speak to in honorific or at least polite protocols in public, but speak to casually over coffee or a beer. Dropping the protocol signals, hey, it's just us friends here. Let's talk. Our relative social statuses have not changed, but the roles we're playing in that moment have. I'm not showing any less respect for my colleague here, and He's not showing me any more. He's saying that in this conversational setting, we're playing different and more equal roles. It's, it's a sign of closeness. And this is why you can actually insult people in Japan by being too polite. You see this in retail all the time and, and in business fairly often. When someone rigidly follows protocol... Even the little details that everyone normally lets slide, it signals the opposite of closeness. It, it signals distance. It's a way for someone playing the lower role to say, I respect the system. I respect the protocol. But I have no particular opinion about you. In fact, years ago, when I was still new to Japan... I ran into this a few times when talking to staff in department stores. My, my Japanese wasn't very good then, and shopping could be a frustrating experience. On a few occasions, the clerk sensed this frustration and switched into an even higher level of formality. Now, this was very bad for two reasons. First, as Japanese speech gets more polite and honorific, it gets more abstract and indirect, which makes things even harder to understand. Second, as Japanese speech gets more polite and honorific, sentences get a lot longer, and people inevitably compensate for this by talking much faster, which makes things even harder to understand and more frustrating. And so... This protocol results in a vicious cycle of misunderstanding, frustration, and escalating honorifics. And the only way out was for me to take a deep breath and say, in the politest Japanese that protocol and my ability would permit, I I'm sorry. I'm having trouble understanding the pricing. Do you have a piece of paper? May maybe we could write it down. After a few tries, the clerk would usually oblige and drop down into the lowest level of formality and politeness that protocol would permit, and we'd slowly work things out. Now, in this situation, it would have been completely unreasonable for me to ask her to speak to me in regular or polite Japanese. That would have been a rude request. It would be a huge violation of protocol and it would have made her look bad in front of anyone who overheard our conversation. Only when I tried to meet her halfway was she comfortable enough to de-escalate the politeness and try to actually help me out. 
In Japan, there is a big difference between being polite and being nice. Now, I have no idea how much of this behavior is conscious choice and how much of it is just natural reaction. I'm sure it's a combination of both that, that depends on the person and the particular situation. But as a student of the language, it's, it's fascinating to watch as it happens. So no, despite what your Japanese textbook tells you, Keigo is absolutely not a way of showing respect to those who have higher social status. It's, it's a kind of role play. It's a protocol based not on who you are, but on the role you're playing in this particular interaction. And by using it, you're not showing respect to that person, but you're showing respect to the protocol and to the civilized society that it represents. And that's not to say that honorific forms are never used to show respect for a particular individual. They, they definitely are. But when they are, it's done subtly. It's not a matter of using the correct syntax and protocol, but in subtle deviations from the standard protocol. It's hinted at. Like most of Japanese culture, it's complicated. And even native Japanese speakers are often not completely certain if a compliment or an insult has really been given. Or if it's been recognized. It can be confusing, but I don't think that most Japanese people would have it any other way. There's a certain softness and subtlety to be found in the vagueness and indirection of Japanese that that's not really possible in English. And hey, I admit my keigo is pretty bad. But in the same way that we appreciate all beautiful things in this world, you don't have to be a master of an art form to appreciate its beauty. If you'd like to talk more about Kago and protocols in general, I'd love to hear from you. So come by disruptingjapan.com slash show 167 and let's talk about it. And hey, if you get the chance, please give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or your podcast platform of choice. It's a really great way to help get the word out and let more people know about some of the cool stuff going on in Japanese startups. But most of all, thanks for listening. And thank you for letting people interested in Japanese startups know about the show. I'm Tim Romero, and thanks for listening to Disrupting Japan.